This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential and, of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I'm doing an interview with a lovely woman that I connected with on Instagram, and we're going to be chatting about lots of cool things today. So I'm going to be chatting with a coach and healer named Neha, and we're going to dive into things, human design, meditation, spirituality, and wherever the conversation takes us. So Neha, I would love if you can share a bit about yourself, and then we're just going to go with the flow. Yeah, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. My name is Neha and I love helping people heal through human design, astrology, energy work. I'm like certified and all the things. I'm a certified life coach and I'm really passionate about helping people heal from systemic harm, like those like subtle undercurrents of harm that that are just kind of ingrained into our culture love helping people like come home to themselves using like astrology and human design like what I call soul maps and then you know really really finding your unique role in in our collective liberation oh my gosh I love that every and it's so funny right before we hit record she was talking about I just love how everything is connected and meditation (laughs) and this and then the, the the little spiel that you just gave, I was like, yes, everything is connected. This is going to be such a good conversation because yes. it's, the, it's honestly, I think it's just when it comes to healing, it really is the power of things being interconnected, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, I'm excited. So let's let's dive into this. What got you into coaching and healing? And you know, I see you share a lot about astrology and like all the yeah. things, right? But I just think you have such a unique way of sharing. So I'd love if you could share a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I got well. I'm from my family's from Nepal, and so Nepal is majority Hindu culture, and so astrology was like a big part of the culture growing up like I was always intrigued by the mystical by the astrological all the things like that um but as I you know was being raised here in America and I was going to school I became more like science oriented and I didn't have anyone to like help me kind of sit with both so then I would start like rejecting astrology like oh like oh that's so like the stars don't control us that's so not what NASA says right as like a young kid like early teen but then one day when I was like 13 um a Chakri which is like a Nepali shaman stayed at our our house as a guest and he was talking all about astrology and I was like oh my god what is he talking about I want to know more and so then I like went on the google machine and I found out I was a Scorpio moon and it like this is 2009 so there's nothing like nice about there's no love and light shit happening right now on the internet um so it was just like the the moon is considered um in fall in Scorpio meaning that it's not like a place where it naturally thrives and so it was just like you are jealous and vindictive and dark and I was like oh my god but then like low-key you got a point um so it was kind of like not 
all those things necessarily, uh, like all of the time, but you know, we all have our shadows. So I got really intrigued. And basically since then I started like reading books and researching all about astrology. It was secret for so many years because I was really <laughs> like science. Um, and I would like date boys who would be like NASA science, uh, astrology is fake. But then as I, you know, Basically, one day my friend decided I'm really into astrology and I go, huh? And so I'm a manifesting generator in human design. So basically I responded uh, and I was like, OMG, you're into this stuff. I've been secretly studying it for years. And like through that conversation, like we would like talk about astrology all the time. And simultaneously, my life was like falling apart and I was hitting rock bottom. <laughs> and so astrology was really like my, why are you the way that you are? Like practice and as I started going to like therapy and meditation it like all the pieces like started getting like deeper and deeper and basically I was reading all my friends charts all the live long day and they were like Neha you should start a business no even though I didn't exactly know human design yet that's basically what happened and why I started a business and through astrology it got me into human design and coaching and healing and reiki and all the things i've had it with a few people about astrology on my channel but not that many and i don't know mm -hmm. much i actually i had my natal chart reading done in march so my birthday's on march 18th and mm. actually that's a story in itself so technically long story short i was born march 17th which is saint patrick's day close to midnight and my dad is French and my mom's Portuguese. And so my dad said, let's just say she's born on the 18th so she doesn't have to celebrate the same day as St. Patrick's Day. But the thing is, this changes things. And I was laughing so hard because when I did my needle chart reading, I, first of all, the lady I connected with, her birthday is on March 19th and I was the 18th, like air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. So then we had, we had, her and I had very similar human designs. Like we both only have RG center and sacral defined. And, mm. and then when I told her, I was like, so actually, I think I'm born on the 17th. And it was like messing up my human design chart and then the natal chart. So it puts me at the only thing I remember I have the recording is that I'm a Scorpio rising on like the 29th degree. And if I said I was born on the 18th, like it totally changes my rising sign. So I was like, okay, I really want to play with this because it was such a close line, right? So I thought that was so interesting. But I, the more I, I got into human design and like the rave mandala and learning about the planets a little bit more, like I'm still getting into this. I'm more familiar with the centers and the types and strategies and like the foundational stuff. But I just, I think it's so fascinating. And it's interesting because in a couple different, if you, if you're new to human design, you listen to this. I mean, I've talked about it a little bit on my channel already. All you need is your birth time, your place and your birth date. And you can look this up on Google to find a chart. And there's a couple different softwares that do it. But the thing is, when I was looking at March 18th versus 17th, it was like some of them would show the same chart and some of them were showing something mm. different. So I was like losing my mind. And then I had to just basically <laughs> intuitively decide this is what I resonate with. And I trust this. And I just like went with that design. Right. So which one did you go with? I honestly resonate with being a 6-2 sacral generator. 6-2 sacral generator. Yeah, having mm -hmm. my, yeah, my uh, G-Center and sacral defined. 
So it was, yeah, it was weird when I was looking it up, like it kept changing when I, you know, I'd look up the same times and different platforms and I was like, I can't do this. So I just, I stuck with the March 18th one and it works for me. But when I do my natal chart, I, I do it based on the 17th. So I know, Interesting. I know, I know, right? Interesting. So there's like, I, I don't do this. This is not something I have a lot of practice with. So I don't feel like professionally I do this, but casually I do this sometimes. There's a type of astrology called um, recitification. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but basically it's where astrologer, usually an experienced astrologer, uh, will go in and they'll like ask you so many questions about like life events, timing, this that this that and then they'll be able to come up with your birth time if you can give them a window so that's like if you ever wanted to explore that one day that might be a fun thing to do because based on like if you um i practice a blend of like traditional and modern astrology and there's some techniques that you would want i use a house system called whole sign houses and basically it would change your entire chart versus if you were a Scorpio or a Sagittarius rising. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was like, it was super interesting. And I know that basically what I was told is that I've been, my birth date would be between the 17th of March, like 1145 PM until like two minutes after midnight on the 18th. So it's just like a 15 minute window. Yeah. So I was like trying, when I was looking at my chart, I was like trying literally every couple minutes and sometimes it changed sometimes it didn't so I just stuck with the 6-2 sacral generator and I was mm-hmm. like this is me I believe it I feel it and, and that's it <laughs> so yeah but I think that's really interesting that you can that's how that's another way you can find out your birth time because yeah. there's a lot of people that I've connected with and they don't know their birth time and one yeah. one tip that I've been given is if you don't know is like again intuitively if you use a pendulum and you know you set yourself up and you ask the yes or no and then you can ask like was it before noon or afternoon and then you just close the window right until you get that intuitive answer of what time it could have been yeah and and so I think that's a really powerful tool because some people just think they're so sad they don't get to experience human design right but when you give them that tool then the thing is human design is meant to be intuitive right and I know that you love teaching about like breaking the systems that show up of like this type Mm -hmm. is like this and you're like this and so on right right I mean even just hearing about your chart just hearing that you have the g-center and sacral defined that means while you are a generator you're a super open generator so you're gonna have a very different experience than like the classic descriptions of generators that that are all over the internet and are primarily what you know, take up space. And so I think there needs to be a lot more space for like the nuance, the unique experiences that people have. Like some generators might be like, I out here feeling like a projector because maybe their sun is in a projected gate and maybe their chart is super duper open. So even though they have a sacral response, they're picking up on so much energy from their relationships, from their environment and their world at large. Oh yeah. And I totally resonate with that too, because you know, everyone goes off about how generators are like the worker bees of society and, and they have all this energy. What, in the capitalism? I know, right? <laughs> I, I just like, because I just having my signal defined, I'm like, I have a lot of energy in particular for being creative in my business and things that have to do like with my identity and like the direction that I'm going in because I have a direct, I have an unconscious direct connection to my G center. So I yes. feel that. I feel that. But when it comes to like, let's say if I work all day and then it's like, oh, time to go to the gym at night. I'm like, I really don't have the energy. Right. Like, 
So there's just certain things I notice. Like I think I feel like my projector boyfriend has more energy than I do, but he's got his his root is defined, right? He's got his spleen defined and doesn't have his sacral, his G center is undefined, and then he has his head and ajna defined. And it's like he's just like go, go, go. And I would think he's a projector. So it's like it's that's the thing is that there's so many layers when it comes to human design that if you just look at the type and the strategy and the authority, I feel like it's just not, it's not the whole picture because there's also Mm -hmm. like people's life experiences that play into how they respond or how they wait and how they initiate and so on. I remember when I first learned, I had like, I like a toxic mentor, human design teacher who like I almost quit my business. I like hibernated in a, in like my six two hermit line. I hibernated for months before I came back out and I was like, no, this is my life's work. I'm going to, I'm going to come back. But something that she would say is like, I, so I have a sacral authority. Um, she would say, if you have a sacral authority, you have to move fast or else like you're not engaging with your, your sacral motor correctly. And like, you're going to miss the moment. I'm like, is this the spleen authority? It does not, it's not the spleen first off. And second of all, like there needs to be more, more spaciousness. For example, I have ADHD brain. This leads to like, um, like, you know, a different way of processing information. I have a different way of processing sensory information and I have a completely open solar plexus emotional center. So even though, yeah, my sacral is defined and sometimes I can be the world's most decisive person, like, yes, okay, let's do that thing. Awesome. It didn't create space for when I get overwhelmed by other people's emotions and I can't actually tune into my sacral response. And so I can't move quickly because I'm not actually tuned into my body, my response, or like, you know, if I'm processing a lot of information, whether or not you're looking at my human design, I get, I get overwhelmed. So I need to take space and then kind of calibrate myself to my sacral response before I'm like, yes, no. All right, let's move forward. And yeah, I feel like there's so much space to honor people's lived and like human experiences in this. Yeah, I love everything you just said. And one thing that I've learned about recently is how we have a conscious chart and the unconscious chart, right? Yes. And that's such a game changer. So one of the support coaches in the program that I'm doing right now, she is a sacral generator, but she finds that she doesn't connect quickly with her sacral. And she found out that unconsciously she's a freaking reflector. <laughs> mm. So there you go, right? So so unconsciously, she's going to need a little bit more time before she connects and makes that decision with her sacral, right? So it's just yes. like, there's just so many layers and that's, I, I love it. And it, it's literally inception. Like you could just learn about human design forever. <laughs> like until the There's so many layers. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. I was laughing. We just started our level two in the program and we're getting into business by design, which I, I'm like so grateful for because- I'm in the process of really just trailblazing my own way and not wanting to get influenced by other people saying this right. is what you're doing your business. Anyways, in the first level, it was just like so much information about, you know, the gates and the, and um, the gates and the centers and the profiles and so on. And right now I feel like I'm at like day one again, and it's been three months. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't, it doesn't end. It's so, it's such a beautiful journey to explore human design. And I love it. 
so much. Yes. Oh my gosh. Speaking of that, like if, if you're listening and you're someone who doesn't know your birth time, this is something I'm playing with, but I have a theory that if you're able to look at like the arrows that are in human design and like motivation and digestion, those are kind of some deeper layers, but I think those could be so powerful for um, bringing someone's birth time, like, and resetifying that, like blending the human design and the astrology there. That's so cool. Yeah, I haven't learned much about the arrows. I don't remember what directions my arrows are pointing, but I know that one thing I thought was so interesting when I found out that I was an unspecific manifester, this is something that I think is really important for people to know because in the world of manifestation, you hear a lot of people say, you need to be as specific as possible. And if, right. if you just say, I want more money and you get a dollar, then the universe is like, well, I gave you more money, right? So I just think that it's really, it's really interesting because I find being unspecific when I get too specific, it's like overwhelming. Yeah. It might box you up. Yeah. The arrow that is connected to manifestation is, is your view. It's how you see the world. And so like if in the manifestation world, people are like, it's basically like change your perception to change your reality. And you know, that's kind of how I view manifestation. And so looking at human design, looking at, um, I think it's the bottom right arrow will let you know about your manifestation style because it's your view. So if you are more focused view, so you are a specific manifester, such as me, it's great for you to get all up in the details. Like I want an apartment with open lighting. I want light, light wood furnishing. I want this, I want that. But for people who are such as you have or non-specific manifestors, it's so much more about what's the overall feeling? Like, what do I want to like, what do I overall want to receive from this? And I totally noticed that too, tapping into the the feelings of it. Like I can mm-hmm. tell when I journal, like I write down like how I feel, like what the experience is. And it's funny because I, I have a, a friend of mine, we went on this, uh, this little trend for a bit where we were sending each other like manifestation messages on Voxer every day where we would just like narrate our manifestations of like what we're bringing to life and things about business and money and travel and so Mm -hmm. on and she's a specific manifester she's also a manifester as well and I'm obviously non-specific generator and like listening to each other from the lens of human design like this girl was literally I was listening to her messages and I was like I literally felt like I was in Australia with you and I could like tell the color of the sand at the beach and what temperature it was outside. Like the, the specifics wow. were so crazy. And then for me, I was more of this sort of like lofty, like this is my feeling, this is what it looks like. And, and so we just thought it was so interesting to observe each other, you know, like disassociate and observe and see, okay, this is so interesting. You know, that's a really important way to be inclusive in coaching is like what resonates with you and how you manifest. Like people are looking for this, specific way of manifesting when really it actually gets to be unique for each person plot twist there are no boxes plot twist you get to do things your own way plot twist there is no formula yeah I love Mm -hmm. that I love that so much and honestly there's a lot of I think it, it really does depend on who's teaching about human design but I really feel like there's a lot of specifics with human design, but there's so much fluidity as well. And so it's like, it really depends on how you see it. That's going to give you the access to, you know, experiencing your life in your unique way. Right. Yes. 
I totally agree. And, you know, that's why there are so many different teachers. You really get to find who resonates with you and how you best learn. For me, something that is really like a discerning point is if I feel like there's like healthy structure, right? Where when you get healthy structure, it's like, oh my God, like I have a defined sacral. So like I, if I'm not being creative, if I'm not utilizing this, this energy consistently, then holy shit, I feel tired. I feel burnt out. I feel like not lit up by life. Oh my God. That gives me so much permission versus hearing someone say, okay, so like every day you have to utilize your energy. And if you don't utilize it, you're not gonna be able to sleep every day. And you're here to work, like find something you want to work with consistently. And if you're not responding, then like you're stupid and you you should really not even look into human design. Like I've heard both these narratives, these are kind of more extreme, that latter one I just shared, but like, you know, there's like a difference in like the energy behind how someone is teaching and how someone is sharing that information. And, you know, everyone I feel like is honest, like everyone, I think I, I just see energy as a spectrum. So like sometimes we're more flowy sometimes we need more structure sometimes like we fall into mental traps and we box ourselves in and then we flow out of that and we we break through and so just kind of creating space for all the experiences while you know you're healing deconditioning um unlearning and like coming home to yourself yes i think that's so important like just whoever like listening to this getting into human design like you really do need to pick and choose what resonates with you because for example as a sacral generator i've heard of people talk about like oh you're gonna hear this uh-huh and nah when you make decisions right or when you respond and i'm like i don't resonate with that like i don't mm. i don't hear things or i feel like it's either a pull or it's like a repulsion like no yes <laughs> that's how that's how it works for me right whereas some people i think they get so they get so invested in human design and getting it right that they think oh i'm not hearing that there must be something wrong with me yeah right right oh my gosh that feeling of there's something wrong with me oh my gosh yeah i i really resonate with that like you know i have been like in my business for three years and like for me my story is not the like six figures and six months story and for a while i was like is there something wrong with me because i feel like i'm doing good work i'm lit up by my sacral like you know, I'm following my strategy, I'm following my authority, but like, I'm not exploding overnight, like some of these people, and that that's kind of like made to be the norm. And, and, you know, let's just keep it real with statistics and business, making six figures in six months, or like making six figures your first year in business, and everyone you know, making six figures is just not statistically happening, like, based on people's tax filings and returns. And, and while yes, if that's what you desire, I am all here for it. I'm definitely on the path to grow towards that. Um, but something I've been learning, unlearning from like white quote unquote supremacy culture is like this feeling of urgency, like false urgency, like, oh, we got to do it now. And if it doesn't happen now, it's not good. And kind of also like that black or white thinking, like either or extremes, all or nothing. And so that's something I've been coming into of like, okay, like, 
yes, I want to reach my goals. Yes, I want a quantum leap. Yes, I want to, you know, have it happen sooner rather than later. And like, what, what pieces of this are actually like from me that feel good in my body versus what pieces of this are shit that I've, toxic shit that I've learned from the culture at large and I've internalized. I am so on board with like every word you just said. And it's so funny. I was listening to, you know, like she's literally speaking through my soul right now (laughs) because I, so I started showing up and really owning the fact that I'm like, quote, starting a business in January, 2019. So I'm coming up Mm. on three years and I haven't hit six figures yet either. And I'm not yet full time in my business either. This is, I'm manifesting in the next three months. I can feel it energetically that this is coming to life. But the point is everything you just said about this, like, six figures in six seconds, like forget six months. It has to be six seconds. You know what I mean? And just, and, and it's almost like you're not like the tonality that people don't realize is being put out into the world is like, if you don't have a six figure business, then it doesn't count. It's not real, you know? And this drives me absolutely insane because again, and what I, what I think too, that I'm embracing, and this could be a limiting belief though, but also it's just kind of allowing space for it is being a six, two line is just having these three different phases in life, you know, and they say like you get to quote mastery at 50 years old. I'm like, okay, I'm 31. You're going to try and tell me it's going to take me 20 years to get there. But I do think that (laughs) I think what I notice is that when I get, when I get into mastery, that it's like, it's so deep when it happens. Right. So I could see, yeah, it might take me three years to become quote full time or hit six figures and beyond. But I think the foundation will be so deep that it'll just be unshakable. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. So I don't know if you resonate with that. Oh my gosh, definitely. As a six two person, I'm still in the first phase of life. So I I am over here like pre Saturn return uh, in my three line phase. Just like you know what, gotta give my space to ju- give myself space to experiment. I like to call it like fuck around and find out. Let's just see what happens. You know, instead of trying to be like I am like trying to be the role model sage fully yet, you know, and, and, you know, being someone who works with people and is like a healer and guide, like that's something I'm very open about is like, you know, if you want the, the fully embodied master teacher, you know, that might not be me. And I love still giving myself that permission to like work on my craft, know that I'm mastering it step by step and like, I just, I feel like that's the three line energy is like, I just love working hands on with people and just being transparent with them. And, you know, while like I've been working on my business, I feel like I learned, I feel like business is just the biggest self-development project ever. <laughs> like, you know, you might not think that way when you start a business so that as you go step by step is like, you have to step into leadership. You have to step into visibility. You have to step into like, what do, what are the, the tasks that actually move the needle forward? Okay. Where do I need to hire someone and delegate? And like those big decisions and taking risks and then getting comfortable in your body with, with taking risks, like getting your body and nervous system on board. It is a journey. I love what you just said specifically about getting your your body and your nervous system on board to take a risk and I think that this I feel like this is such a little nugget that we could dive into because 
I feel like in the world of yeah, growing a business or even just living your life and say you're just doing personal development, you're not growing a business, is that there's always this like forceful, like push through, like do the the mm. shadow work and go deep. And it's it I think it really does take time, like you said, to get that that body on board fully. I'm just curious yeah. if you could dive in a little bit more to that. Like how do you coach your clients through that? Because I want the listeners to hear this and, and understand that there's a way for them to dive into things that works for them, not because it's a time issue, like air quotes time issue. Yes. Um, for me, so I, I, with my clients, I love using astrology and human design as those soul maps, like as the signs, they help us gather a lot of information. They help us, you know, give ourselves permission to be ourselves, but just having information isn't, isn't the sauce. So through like the coaching and healing work, I love helping my clients heal through their subconscious, their somatic body, their emotional body, all about creating a coherence. Like, so, you know, sometimes when, you know, we're taking a risk, but our body and our nervous system isn't on board, it'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to invest in this course. I'm going to invest in this coach. I'm going to invest in like a VA, whatever it is. Right. But then our nervous system is like contracted. Our nervous system is like, it's not safe. This is not the good move. Like, why are you hiring a VA? Like, we don't, you know, you're not even paying yourself yet. Like all these stories and narratives, like you're going to fail. Like the people around you don't believe in you. And so if our, if we're running from that pattern while making those investments, yes, we might get some ROI, but we might still not feel safe in our body to even receive that ROI if it comes in, or we might still catch ourselves in, okay, well, I invested in all these things. Why don't I have any results? And so through the subconscious and somatic work and like kind of tuning into different parts of ourselves, tuning into like, you know, our body keeps score. Our body has the imprints of all the, 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 our lived experiences through epigenetics. It shows like how we inherit generational trauma. And so through working with the somatic and subconscious body, it's really about creating, slowing down, really about creating, okay, what is here? And, you know, I practice, I've been meditating almost daily for five, five or so years now. And you know, you think you get into meditation. I got into meditation because my therapist was like, you're experiencing anxiety. Like this could be really helpful. And an astrologer was like, you should look into meditation. So I was like, all right, two people. My manager and self was like, all right, I'll respond. I'll just try it. See what happens. And it got worse. Like I felt worse because I basically unlocked PTSD that I had been suppressing for years and started unlocking traumatic imprints, traumatic memories. And, you know, I luckily had the support of a therapist and worked with some like I've worked with the same therapist for five years and she's like, she's my girl. And through that though, like being like, oh my God, what's actually here present in my body? I feel like a completely different person than five years ago. Like I don't, even though there's a lot of things about me that are the same, I'm still like goofy. I'm still love puns. Like I'm still, still like love making all these connections like the way I operate in my day to day is completely different. 
and it takes time. And so I think there's different layers of that work where sometimes it's best to work with a therapist or someone who is trained in trauma. And sometimes it's great to work with like a coach or a healer to really kind of have those pieces, those tune-ups that support along the way, that guidance um, to really work with the, the nervous system, the somatic, to kind of get everything pointed in the same direction, like having that coherence in your body. Oh my gosh, I really appreciate you sharing that. And it makes me so happy when I connect with people and they share about going to therapy right? Mm -hmm. Because I think having a coach, getting therapy, seeing a counselor, whatever it is, I think this is finally getting to a point where it's becoming normalized. And people are really, Mm -hmm. really seeing the importance of getting support and not just, you know, suppressing everything. Because that was just, that's like old times, you know what I mean? It's just, oh, these emotions and and whatever traumas happen, like, I'm just going to push it down and pretend that it's not happening. But the thing is, like you said, we pass things on, right? So it's just so it's so important to to unpack that in in a safe way, right? I would love you were talking about somatic healing and subconscious work, just so our listeners have a better idea of what that means in case they're not familiar with Mm -hmm. it. Can you just give an explanation for both? Our subconscious is basically the parts of our so we have our the front of our brain that's like the decision maker that's like the cognitive cognition that's making all the processes and we have the middle of our brain that's our like limbic system that's our emotional brain more so like social emotional connections and then we have the back of our brain which is like all those automatic functionings that are happening, like our heart is beating, you know, I don't have to think much about like clapping my hands here. I just like do it. And so there's like three layers to our brain and our subconscious really is focusing in on that social emotional brain as well as like the automatic brain. So this is like the thoughts that are happening every day, but like, it's like, I think it's said like about 80 to 95% of our thoughts, we repeat them every single day. Um, and like a lot of them are negative. Right. And so they're just always on loop. It's kind of like you, you're driving to work and you just take this single day and it's just your subconscious is ingrained in that. So that's like our subconscious and basically working with our subconscious is important because when we're ages zero to seven, our brains are in what's called like a theta brainwave. And that's basically hypnosis land, meditation land. It's just, we are a sponge absorbing all the things. So from being in the womb to being about seven years old, we're taking in all these imprints from our, from our parents, from our society, from our immediate environment, all the things. And that's really building what what becomes our subconscious so working with that is really important because that's where a lot of those limiting beliefs old stories if you hear yourself going that's just the way the world works that might be a belief there that's ingrained into your subconscious so that's the subconscious I love working with EFT tapping hypnotherapy a lot of like life coaching kind of linguistic tools to kind of work with the subconscious mind and then our somatic body 
This is like our felt sense of experience. This is more physical. It's more in our bodies, right? I'm big on putting the human in human design. And so really honoring this human experience, our felt sense of self. If you're looking at your human design chart, there's like the conscious and the unconscious. Looking at the unconscious side of your chart will really tune you into that body because our bodies and our subconsciouses are so intertwined. And working with a matic body, it's like, ooh, like how do I feel being myself today? Okay, how do I, ooh, there's this chronic tension in the right shoulder of my neck. And yes, there are also like medical and physical causes of things. And from my lens, everything physical starts on an energetic field. So working with the somatic body is kind of, going beyond our like going basically expanding our perception of our body more so we can be like "Mm, what's going on here what do I feel in my body so that's working with the somatic and you know the way we feel day-to-day impacts everything (laughs) oh my gosh the way that you described both of those were so perfect and I'm really happy I asked you because you're like subconscious and smack I'm like oh not everyone's gonna know this but I know it's important so the way that you mm-hmm. described it was so good and again just ties Yay. into the theme of like how everything is interconnected and so yes. I, I just love that so much oh my gosh so the next thing I wanted to chat about was I know that you're really passionate we kind of touched on it a couple times you're really passionate about you know inclusivity and especially with human design and so I would love just because I've started talking more about human design just in my business and on my podcast channel if you could just share some of the common harmful things that you're noticing in that realm that you want people to be aware of when it comes to learning about the human design so that we don't just continue to like fall into the, you know, patriarchy trap and like corporate (laughs) world of, you know, boxes, right? Yes. Okay. I feel like the first thing is like human design was not birthed in by Rat Uruhu, aka Robert Alan Robert Crackerworker, you know, and I'm so this is something I'm really passionate about. And even Ra said this himself the whole story and origin of human design happened when there was a cosmic event that set a flood of light, aka neutrinos, to our planet Earth. And consciously or unconsciously, every human being. I think this was like January, 1987, received this. So every human who was alive at that time and every human who was born after that, we just have this, this wisdom innate in us. Ra Uruhu is a manifester type. He, you know, was kind of spiritual journeying, was taking a pill in Ibiza quite literally, and had this connection with what he calls the voice and basically channel the system through. However, I'm still I'm still kind of learning more more so about the roots of this, but from what I understand was pretty much immediately after he he brought this truth through, he started trademarking it. He started like very legalizing it. He started very much of the like ownership piece, which like yes, you know, people should own their intellectual property. Not mad at that part. But there was this element that 
apparently he was shutting other people down who had also channeled the system in their own way. So I just want to open people's minds to what Ra says is, is not set in stone. And there is value of learning from like, from like what has been passed down over and over again, but kind of from a my lens is like, yeah, I'll learn from that, but then I'll interpret it, process it, and, integ and integrate it in my own way. So that is one piece. And then he, basically what he did was he synthesized it. And he, he synthesized all these ancient wisdoms mixed with quantum physics. So, uh, and like quantum mechanics. So there's the I Ching from China. There's the chakra system from India and like the Hindu tradition. There is astrology, which has roots all over the world. But in human design, uh, if you're Following most human design, it's using tropical astrology, but there are people who use sidereal, aka Vedic astrology, as well as true sidereal. There's a tree of life from the Kabbalah, from ancient Judaism. So all of those wisdoms come together to create human design. And so for me, when I was experiencing like toxic mentorship from this human design teacher, what I did was I said, Fuck that energy. And I went back further. I said, all right, let's read up on the I Ching. All right. I am quite literally from, you know, the land chakras and yoga and all this stuff was born. Let's, let's go back to the roots. What, what, what are they saying? And so that gives me a completely different lens on human design. Um, then what's commonplace. So those are like some honoring the roots pieces and then some negative like stories that I hear ramp run rampant are like generators are here to work. No one's here to work. We're here to live life. <laughs> generators are here to create and consistently like build towards something that could just as well be a house that you build for your family, or that could be a business, or that could be a corporate career. It could be whatever you want it to be. I also feel like it's almost like there's this push and pull with projectors where it's like, yeah, projectors and reflectors, you guys need to rest, but also like be consistent and like, like the biz, the online business narratives don't actually match up with like what we're taught about how like how projectors and reflectors and even manifestors operate they're like yeah rest but also like post on social media four times a day somehow still separate your human from your business and I'm like that don't that doesn't add up <laughs> yeah I, I love what you're sharing and and even just there's just little things like people think if they're not a manifesting generator or a manifestor that they can't manifest Oh, or, yeah. Right? Or if you don't have your throat center defined that you can't manifest because that's the manifestation center. And so yes. I think I think what's so important is that if you're listening to this and you're getting into human design, you've been into it for a while is basically just question everything. Yeah. <laughs> and just be open minded and really trust what feels good for you. Because ultimately, like, I think the real commitment with human design is that it is it is about energy and energy is fluid, it cannot be destroyed. And it just gets to shift and shape. And that's yeah. intuitive. Yeah. And I also feel like, oh, another narrative is like, if you're not doing human design in one way, then you're like, you shouldn't do human design at all. And this is actually stuff like I've been reading some of Ra's writing from 
like the 90s. And he, he says this, he's like, if you can't follow your strategy and authority, human design is not for you. And I, it just is very impractical to me. I'm like, it takes time to shift into your strategy and authority if your body has been operating in a different way this whole time. And, and something else is like people talk about deconditioning and I'm over here like, girl, what are we deconditioning from? Can we be straight up? They're just kind of like deconditioning from, from not being yourself, like being raised to be different. And it's like, okay, but why are we conditioned to be different? And like systems of harm, years of colonization, indigenous practices being suppressed people being killed for practicing their ancestral medicine and being forced to assimilate and now y'all like now I see a majority white industry trying to like light some palo santo and talk about chakras with their dream catchers and I'm like do you not see how this is colonial ass energy like get out of here with that like I say that so lovingly like we gotta really it's uncomfortable, but we got to sit with these, these patterns of behavior and colonizing and using spiritual knowledge while not paying homage to the roots. Like it's, it's not it. Yes. I think it's so true because then the roots will get washed out and like, that's how it started. Like, it's just right. It's so it's so important, you know, and that's why when we talked about this before we hit record, but when I found Neha online and she had shared this post specifically about human design having roots in Asia and just talked about like the Hinduism and you know the chakra system and all of that. And I was like, yes. And also just really acknowledging where we get these learnings from. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is so true. And so I actually wrote a post and I shared like, this is where human design comes from. These are the roots. Yeah. And I acknowledge that I'm attuned to Reiki. And I was like, this is a, you know, traditional Japanese art and it, not an art but just you know healing modality yeah. and okay yeah so it, it's like I gave credit to that and I was like what people don't realize is okay here I am learning about human design all of the roots being in Asia same with Reiki I use these things to I monetize them to create a mm -hmm. business and give myself freedom like for fucking sure I'm going to acknowledge where this comes from right? And yes. even things like using incense, like we use them every day in Palo Santo and Sage, like I, I love using that, right? But again, it's like, just considering where does it come from and really, really paying respect to that, because without really acknowledging where it comes from, like you just, it just, you destroy the essence of it, which is so critical. And you see this too, with all the things happening and definitely coming up in terms of racism, Black Lives Matter, the indigenous things popping up in Canada right now with like the children being murdered at residential schools. Sleep, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's just crazy. Like you have to respect the roots. And I think that this is so important when it comes to being a coach and using these different healing modalities with people, with clients, because it's like, we're passing this, like we're carrying a legacy. We need to respect it. It's basically what it comes down to. Yes. Yes. If you, if you choose to be a wisdom bear a wisdom carrier and especially if you choose to monetize that through your business you know I'm not going to tell you what to do because I'm not about that life but I will say sit with it how does it actually make you feel in your body how does it make you feel in your integrity if you if you continue to fall into those those that energy of using exploitation suppressing but then profiting 
just sit with it. And then, and then from that place, I invite you to, you know, take action and do something differently. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I honestly really loved our conversation today. And we just, again, everything is interconnected and we just yeah. talk about all the things and it was so <laughs> good. So I would love, is there any last minute things that you want to share? Just like a message you want to leave with our listeners? Your body is wise. Your body already knows. Learning human design, learning astrology. If you're on a healing self-development path, it's not about self-development per se. It's more about self-remembrance. And as you remember who the fuck you are, hashtag bad bit, you're going to bloom into yourself and you're going to contribute to the greater good by simply being yourself that was so beautiful i think that was the best thing you said this entire podcast (laughs) episode that was so good oh my gosh well before i wrap things up neha can you share with our listeners where they can find you and connect with you on social media and whatnot yeah, so I hang out a lot on Instagram at Love Nehan Cha. Um, in my link in bio, you'll find like a free human design library if you want to like dig into like human design stuff from a trauma informed and culturally rooted lens. Um, and you can see all my offerings on that link as well. And I like to hang out on TikTok, same at, at Love Nehan Cha. And you can find me on my website, www.lovenehacha. Those oh are all my, my places. That's so good. And I'll include all of that in the show notes too for our listeners. So thank you so much for coming on with me today and having this conversation. I really loved it. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in and make sure that you connect with Neha. And if you can subscribe to the channel, share the episode, tag us on social media so that we can be excited with you. And we'll chat with you in the next episode.